Welcome back to Everyday Being. Uh, been a couple of weeks since we were last together. Our last episode was with our wonderful friend uh, Matt Gardner. So hopefully uh, you enjoy listening to that and that gave you some type of inspiration or, or insight. Um, it's just Steve and I today. Um, Steve, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah, as I was mentioned to you before we started, uh, my back is slowly progressing. So um, yeah, I'm hoping that... Uh, life is getting a bit more back to normal so um yeah it's been a trying few months but definitely making progress so uh yeah no good thanks how about you how long like how long has it been sorry since the back it's oh, started God, three three months i guess it's been Gosh, yeah. uh, so at least you know the the, the uh, sleeping is much better still standing a lot um walking a lot um but being able to sort of manage then sitting and other activities around that and the sleep is the biggest thing i think actually um not having to be so mindful of you know trying to get little snoozes during the day uh which was always a bit of a challenge actually um so yeah i you know hopefully um you know things are progressing in a in a healthier direction and one of the things you did say to me is that you just were finding coming into the you know, late afternoon, early evening, you were just really getting tired by that point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's been the, a, a, a standing desk and um, often I'm quite busy during the day. So I can often go, well, some days it can be sort of 10 hours because of, sort of the work I do. Sometimes you have some early starts because of talking to people in different you know, parts of the world. Um so, you know, sometimes I can be starting at seven and if I'm talking to someone in the US, it can be sort of later in the, you know, five, six up to seven sort of thing. So sometimes you have a long day. So I have a, I must admit, I have real empathy <laughs> for people that do spend their in their work or, you know, are having to stand a lot during the day. Yeah. Obviously, I, I, you know, we're both in jobs that actually, yeah, we move around, but we sit down a lot as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that's been uh interesting to to try and sort of cope with standing a lot and um uh, uh and it, then you know try and work out when i can sit down and not trying to sit down too late in the day because then that affects my sleep so yeah it's funny how there's a lot of moving parts sometimes when you're trying to cope with a you know with an injury yeah but how about you how's life with you yeah, life's well, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all is all is good. Nothing to sort of stand out particularly to, to share, but right. yeah, everything everything is is good. Thank you. Just every day, every uh, day. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the challenges that that come with that, which yeah. actually neatly takes us on to today's topic. So, uh, interesting. We did plan this some time ago, but it does feel a little bit fitting, perhaps in the context of what you've just described, in Steve. Actually, the, the the theme for today is losing our way. And what we wanted to do in the, in the usual everyday being format was take a topic, think about it from a being perspective, then have some good examples about how these things can show up, how actually we approach them, how we maybe can change the approach that we have, uh, how we can see uh, things in a different way and ultimately come back to the benefits of how can we increase our, our happiness as our as our sort of our, our core measure for for the want of a, a better term um and we really thought that um that this topic was something that we could take us in a range of different directions so so what are the things that perhaps 
that I think of when I think about losing our way. Maybe it's about being tested. Maybe it's about having some big setbacks or, or failing. Um, or even to some extent, I was thinking that when when you know difficult things happen to whatever extent, um, how does that change our relationship with being? So some of you listening, you know, hopefully have seen and, and experienced some difference in your happiness in your life based on the things that Steve and I are, are talking about. Um, and, and hopefully that is something that that, that creates stronger connection, stronger buy-in, stronger belief. Um, but those things can be really tested when bad things happen. So, you know, Stephen Gareth talking about nonsense that, you know, may or may not work. Or are we talking about things that only work when things are going good or going well? Um, of course, our hypothesis and our encouragement is no, no, no. This is this is an absolute guide to life. Uh, it applies in the good, in the bad, and in and in the ugly, and it, it gives us a, an understanding. That's why I think we keep using that word of which to navigate through through life. So, it is as critically as important and valuable um, the, in the ugly times as it is in the the beautiful good times as as well. Um, so, you know what we want to suppose encourage from this conversation today is is probably to keep that fundamental understanding and a little bit of faith perhaps in in being in everyday being when bad stuff happens um so we'll talk about you know you know things like you know what's in our control uh what are the outcomes what's persistence what's resilience um so we'll we'll talk about it in a range of range of topics uh, and in a range of ways, um, with as ever those those clear everyday examples to try and bring it to life and land and land with you. So, Steve, as ever in our time honoured tradition, do you want to sort of kick us off with a bit of an introduction and and some thoughts into into what losing our way means to you? Yeah, I guess from my perspective, when we were thinking about this, it was that's <clears throat> the first thing that sort of came to mind for me is that. That losing your way is natural so i think the 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 sort of nature of life i really like that that um sydney banks used to describe life as you know life's a contact sport so even though he was talking about trying to understand the reality of life sort of behind the form you know talking very much about the sort of formless aspect of life of what sort of creates our experience but the fact that we're physical beings living in a physical world that's constantly changing then what he was describing is look, look life is still a contact sport so there are going to be things that happen to you that were unexpected or um you know things that we find quite trying or, or, or quite difficult you know things that go wrong you know we might be suffering with the, the a challenging relationship or the end of a relationship or whatever you know so there's lots of sort of things that can happen in life that you know we can't control you know going back to your point about control it's like there's so much of life you know when you think about the future there's so much of life that we we really don't control I think COVID has really shown us that and yet almost you know unintentionally we we think life will work in a certain way, even if we're not consciously thinking that life will be a certain way. There's still certain things when you, like this morning, I got up this morning, you know, did a bit of work and then uh, just went to the gym and had my sort of personal training session. 
you know, without thinking of it, there's certain things that I just expect to happen. You know, I expect to get up, to be able to you know, get ready. I go down to the garage, I get my car, I expect my car to work. I expect to be able to drive on the road to get down to the gym. You know, there's all sorts of things without really thinking of it that I just automatically think will happen in the future. And then sometimes, you know, life doesn't play ball. Um, there's things that happen. There's there's roadworks or your car doesn't start for, for some reason. So, you know, there's those sort of everyday things that can go wrong, as well as then, like I mentioned, some of the more sort of significant things that can that can happen. Um, you know, something, a major thing that goes wrong in work or a major problem in a relationship, or we lose someone really, really close to us unexpectedly. Um, so, and I also, I remember years ago coming across, there's a quote by Alan Watts, who just wrote some really interesting, or just wrote a lot actually about sort of looking at life from different perspectives and looked at sort of bringing the East and West understanding together. And one thing that always stuck with me, he said, you, <clears throat> you know, you cannot, um, you cannot have an up without a down. Mm-hmm. And if you think of it, it's like, it's really true that, that life, work so much in a contrast that um if everything was the same it would sort of white out in a way it would it would be fairly meaningless so in a in a way you need the contrast you need the ups and downs and you know i was doing a program recently where we were having to uh, the leadership program where we were having to talk about um our sort of timeline of life you know the ups and downs of life but just pick two just pick a uh, uh, one um, more challenging and difficult experience and then one more positive experience mm. and we as facilitators with our smaller group went first and when I was thinking about what to share you know I said to my group I said look I'm 55 I've got lots of <laughs> examples to share <laughs> it was more of a challenge of which one to pick so I picked two two examples and I said what was interesting as I reflected on it was that I couldn't separate an, a, a, a positive from a negative. So as I reflected on it, I realized that every um, negative, and some of them were quite significant negatives, uh, invariably led to a positive. They led to a, um, either a, an insight or an understanding about life and experience or sort of created a, a pivot point to then move in a in a different direction and interestingly you know as the uh, rest of my group sort of shared there was um six other people as they shared uh, a number of them said oh actually that that's that's been the same for me so that became a real sort of um a real theme in the in the sort of work we do so i think that's that for me is that's describing that's really to understand well if that's the nature of life then we need to be careful that we don't we don't fight it. We, there's a sense of we have to accept that's the nature of it. And then I think as maybe we'll come on to is then, okay, well, how do we navigate that then? How does this everyday being, where we're coming from, what does it tell us about how we then navigate through the, um, you know, the variable ups and downs? And, you know, as you said, when we lose our way, what can, what can we do in in sort of response to that? Hmm. How about you? Were there any other? What was your perspective on that? Were there any particular things you were thinking of? In um, 
I I I would echo everything that you said, particularly sort of the 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 ups ups and the downs. You know, I guess when I've done things like career lifelines, you know, I'm I'm conscious that it's been a sort of an an upward down roller 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 coaster yeah. at, at times. So I can I can sort of picture the moments when I've I've done that. Um, I think probably the thing I historically noticed was the theme about the downs were were yes there were some external things that had happened to to me and were you know were tough but probably what really forced the downs was my thinking and relationship towards them and probably the self-critical nature that I probably had um you know and I don't know your various sort of minds talk of you know whether I, whether I was good enough, you know, whether I let people down or whether, um, you know, I just hadn't done a good enough job in, in that sort of situation. So I think the sort of the external event probably took me on a down, but then my, my mindset and my relationship to that situation probably plummeted even, even mm. further, really. Um, you know, so I think proportionally, it's the thinking and the relationship to to what's happened probably has the bigger impact. Now, yes, of course, I would say that, wouldn't I? Because of you know <laughs> of what what we do, but I, I genuinely believe that that to be absolutely true. Um, I think I also um, believe that that the bad has got to happen and the bad has a place, um, and. Yeah, it, it, it for a whole for a whole range of reasons, I, I I believe that I think in what I've noticed about me through the years is when the bad stuff happens, but just because of the nature of my personality and who who I am, and I guess who who my sense of being is, those do create almost bigger forces of action and motivation to do something about it. Um, which I'm pretty sure that without the difficult situation, what it what it might be, I don't I don't know that I would have gone and done something different. So if I'd had some, I don't know, okay outcomes or you know things that was you know not not that bad, I probably wouldn't have gone right. Yeah, I need to reevaluate what I'm doing. What what else can I be doing what what else is out is out there i think you know that that has had an impact on on me and you know i yes of course we'd like it all to happen without the bad stuff having happened that you have that natural sort of evaluation or self-review about what's going on and i'm sure there are people out there who who do do that um but for me i've i've just noticed that it it's um um, it, yeah, it has provided that stronger motivation and force to, to action. Mm. Um, and I think we have mentioned it in the past of we where we talked about perhaps you know people losing losing their jobs or coming across redundancy and things like that. Um, where I've seen so many people who've said it was the best thing that could have happened to me because. I was stuck or I wasn't happy or I just didn't know that I was just plateauing or treading water. Mm. And then this thing happened to me and it was horrible and didn't like it, but it has enabled me to do this, this, and this. And I, I think that's another sort of um, 
I don't know, re- reinforcement a little bit of, you know, lo- losing our way or, or tough stuff happening. It is natural, as you started off by saying, um, it is part of this great process of life, you know, for whatever reason, whoever is, you know, what, who or whatever is in con- control, as we talked about in the past. But it it, it is absolutely natural. It's going to happen. Um, and, yeah, you know, as you said, the, you know, there has to be the up following the down or the down following the up. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, a couple of things you're really highlighting, I think, are that that thinking is the hidden variable. So I think that's why, you know, Sydney Banks describe it as the sort of missing link, because as you're saying, if, if something... Um, happens that uh that we find difficult or frustrating or disappointed in or whatever it looks like well of course it was that event that that triggered that response but actually i guess what we're pointing to is saying actually it's the thinking that we had about the way something was going to be that often it's just not conscious either it's not like we no. We have all these conscious, like my, my my everyday example of just getting up and going to the gym. It's not like I have consciously all of those things that I think are going to happen. We just it just happens very naturally. And then when something happens that's at odds with that, it looks like oh, it was that event that caused the problem. But actually, when you really step back, you realize no, no, it's my thinking that was really um, that was really the problem, and. We sort of know that really because the same events don't always affect us in the same way. You know, when you really step back from your life and think about circumstances, you know, people, when you start to explore, what well, do you always get affected in the same way? People notice, no, actually, you know, there's someday something can happen and it doesn't even hardly register. And then another day it feels very personal. It feels very difficult. I get very frustrated and whatever. So, you know, that in a way is the proof that it's this hidden variable of thought that is really, um, you know, is really the problem. And I often think of it as of expectations, of judgments, of beliefs about the way things should be. Those are the the three key traps, I think, of how we innocently misuse our thinking so often just thinking yeah what what was my expectation there or what 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 judgments do I have about that type of situation or that person or um you know what what are my beliefs about that particular situation so I think those are all manifestations of that and I guess the other thing that I thought you really highlighted is that that if you're going to grow and develop you can't do it in your comfort zone. No. So in a sense, you have to you have to step out of your comfort zone or life just pushes you out of our, our, our comfort zone. You know, often COVID, I guess, was a good example of that, where, you know, the nature of life, because life continues to evolve and change, then it seems that we're not really designed to stay in our comfort zone because there's no there's no growth and there's no development in that. And so it's only by being out of our comfort zone and being challenged. I think one of the things it really does is it gives us an opportunity to sort of look at our thinking, actually, to sort of look at ourselves, look at the thinking we have, 
look at the way that we're relating to life or the way that we're perceiving life or the way that we're living our life and and, and sometimes just force us to look at that and force us to perhaps you know develop or shift our understanding you know it seems that seems to me anyway that life the reason we have those challenges and difficulties is because it's only through experiencing those and finding our way through those that we we develop our consciousness in a sense we we get a more uh, a, a better more accurate deeper wider understanding of the way life works which then you know gives us more opportunities for the way that we live our life and gives us opportunities to sort of realize our our true potential as well so so when we're in i don't know whether it's an external factor or an in, or internal but when we are down or where we are lost what 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 are either things that work for you what what were the things that you would say of how how do we you know keep, keep up how do we keep the faith during those times well i, I think <clears throat> I think that for me, there are two parts to it. So one is that this understanding of what's behind our experience, this sort of more of this inside out understanding of our experience. I think the, the reason that is so valuable is that once you understand how something works, then you relate to it from a slightly different perspective. So, you know, because we understand gravity or because we understand germ theory, it just has naturally has implications for the way that we live our life without us even being consciously aware of it a lot of the time. It's just it's just a part of our everyday understanding of life. And therefore, without even realizing it, that has implications for the way that we the way that we live. You know, in the past, when they used to think the earth was flat, that had real implications because sailors wouldn't travel too far because of risk of falling off the end of the earth. So you can see that um, that is a really important first step, I think, which is, uh, you know, everything we've been doing really is trying to uh, uh, bring that to life. It, um, so that is just really, I think, a really useful thing because then to go back to your question about faith, it's like, well, I know even when I'm low and everything looks dark and difficult and, you know, feel like I'm in a bit of a hole and can't get out, there is something in me that knows it will pass. And that is useful. But then I think where this also then helps, because if you like, that's the sort of, I don't know, like the macro view of, of yeah. life understanding it. But then you've got still the everyday thing that you're dealing with and the frustration and the difficulty you're having in that moment. So I then think it can really help you in a very practical day to day way, which is, well, if I know. If I know that my thinking is causing. My experience and creating my state of mind. Then I can get sensitive to the. Uh, my feelings, because as we've mentioned before, our feelings are a really good barometer of the quality of thinking we have. Yeah. If we're feeling angry or upset or anxious or happy, you can say, well, you've definitely got thinking that's related to that feeling. And the 
and the the thinking is really difficult to get hold of because it's so fast and it just spins off in all sorts of directions. So that design of having a feeling that tells you very honestly and directly what your state of mind is, giving you an indication of your state of mind, is a really useful thing to tune into. Mm. So if we're feeling um, angry about something, for example, that's telling us that our um, thinking is reflecting that anger. We've got angry thinking, which will lower your state of mind. And of course, if you're angry or any negative emotion, what you really notice is that it always takes you out of the present moment. So if you're angry about something, like for example, if you're in a meeting and someone says something that you, you find offensive, for example, the only way you can really be angry with that is if you go back if you go if even to subtly you go back well that was a really rude thing to say how dare they say that yeah you know you so even even like just in a frat just fraction seconds you're back into you know yeah that yeah that's outrageous and then you know without realizing you're thinking right what do i need to do to put this person so i'm now going into the future <laughs> so you really see the negative when we engage in those negative feelings it always takes us into the past or into the future and that can be over a long period if someone's in a really bad way for a period of time or it can just be subtly in the in the moment it just it drags us drags us out whereas thought is meant to exist in the moment it's meant to help us flow it flows because it's meant to help us in our moment to moment experience and so it takes us out. So we can then use the feeling that when I when I feel that negative emotion, I can realize, OK, my quality of thinking's dropped. My state of mind is dropped. So I need to be really careful of how I'm using my thinking here because I'm I'm arguing with reality. I'm starting to get frustrated at the experience I'm having is not in line with what I wanted, exactly what I wanted. So you can use it to go, okay, I need, as a clue to, right, I need to come back to the present. I need to just come back to this moment and engage in whatever I'm doing. Just come back and just engage and focus on my engagement here and um, not, not allow my thinking to sort of spin off in, into the past and into the future. And I think because when we can catch that, it means that, we don't inadvertently do things that cause us to spiral downwards. And we sort of set the conditions for our mind to clear and for fresh, for fresh thinking. So the so in that moment, if we become more present, we get two benefits. One is that we sort of set the conditions for our state of mind to shift. And with that, have fresh fresh thinking but also i think the other benefit to that is that we're, we're sort of taking action in the moment so you know i was talking to someone yesterday and you know she said she said god when i when i get caught up i then get angry and frustrated and she said i can spend 30 minutes just in that thinking about the frustration and the anger about something 
and then I've lost 30 minutes that I could have used to actually move the issue yeah. forward. <laughs> so then I'm putting myself even further behind because I've just so, and I think who, who hasn't done that? I mean, I said to her, yep. yeah, I mean, God, we all, we all do that. So that's what focusing on our feeling enables us just to go, okay, be careful, Steve. How are you doing your thinking? Be careful of getting out of the present moment and just come back to what you need to do now. How do you need to, you know, if it's a meeting, how do you need to just stay engaged, stay interested, stay curious, stay in the moment so you're really listening and hearing what's being said so that you can then, through that, um, respond as you as you need to respond. So that's, for me, it's those two. It's the macro and it's the sort of the micro. Yeah. I was thinking as you talking that our you know if if you know everyday being why why are we doing this is because we genuinely believe by sharing the understanding of being and bringing it to life in really relatable ways can have a significant impact on your happiness and we 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 of course believe that and we you know that's why we'll keep keep putting out these these podcasts and and, and and blogs and and we'll keep sort of sharing um we've said this before you know we've net we won't promise that 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 life is a bed of roses all day every, every day you know come back to what steve said earlier about life is a contact sport and you know, if you think about these highs and highs and lows and this sort of roller coaster that is, I don't know, time on one axis and level of happiness or enjoyment or something, you can imagine what, you know, your own shape of that will will be. And I think by having an understanding of being, we're not saying that the, that the lows don't happen or the bad things don't happen. What our belief is, is that, is that, by having the understanding is that your ability to I don't know, let me say cope your ability to navigate your ability to come back your ability to find your way again uh, from you know tough stuff happening becomes more manageable and the impact because not as deep yeah. or it doesn't impact for as long yeah. And what I genuinely think that that means is that the, the shape of that roller coaster actually suddenly becomes maybe a bit more higher <laughs> because actually you can get real great en enjoyment and happiness from from the everyday and from the good stuff. So you can bring the top up. Mm. What what you're also doing, and this is the powerful thing for me, is that actually it also importantly lifts the impact of the downs. Yeah. So that if you were plotting an average, the average is going to be higher because you're just reducing the depth of 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 the the, the bad times. And I think that lovely example of that your your client talking about and I was spinning for 30 minutes and I lost my weight because of that. That's a really good that's a really good example. That if we can reduce that by five minutes or reduce it by, you know, 10, 15, da da da. And look, yes, of course we'd all want it to be, you know, ninja-like state where actually it doesn't impact at all. But I don't think that's that's realistic. But if we are if we are reducing the impact that that's had by 
small little measures that can grow over time or, or even if they don't but at least you know at least we shorten them that's having a benefit that's you'll see an impact on happiness you'll see an impact on your performance on your relationships or whatever you, you you're doing because you are reducing the impact that it's 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 having and i think that's where yeah the happiness measure comes in and that's the impact i think it can can have yeah i, I and also i think the that 30 minutes isn't just a one off so that the problem is once we we get in a slightly lower state, you know, that once our feelings are a bit disturbed about something, if 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 we don't navigate through that, the risk is that normalizes a little bit. And then suddenly, rather than just doing it on one thing, we end up doing it on a second thing, a third thing, a fourth thing, a fourth yeah. thing. and then someone and, uh, and I've had this loads with people where they go, oh, my God, I'm working harder and longer than I've ever worked. And yet I'm being less and less productive. And that's the unfortunately, that's the that's the downward spiral. And, you know, you know, who hasn't experienced that? I think the other thing that, that that's that just came to mind as you were describing the the roller coaster, I think also actually the other fundamental understanding that's quite different i think to to what how many people think of life i think there's lots of people that often think about the highs as being slightly the abnormal in a sense Mm. (laughs) in the sense that people go yeah well of course when i'm i don't know playing with my daughter um or i'm in a in in lovely in countryside or Oh, I'm out with friends, or I'm out with my my husband or my wife or my partner, and we're having a lovely evening. They'll think, well, of course, then I, I'm in this lovely, lovely state. And then I come back to the normal things of life, and then I'm I'm down into the the way life really, really is. So they think the that normal is a slightly lower state, actually. Mm. And I think one of the things that this understanding is saying is, no, no, actually those states, when we're in the countryside or we're playing with our kids or whatever, it's like, no, that's that's the normal state of the mind because we're just in the moment, we're in the flow, we're still thinking, but we're just in the flow of our thinking. And when we get caught up and we get frustrated and we get angry and we get caught up in our beliefs and our judgments and our expectations, that's the abnormal state. And I think that's quite significant because if it's if you start to feel, oh, that's normal, you know, the happiness, the contentment, the peace of mind is normal. And then you see, oh, this is the abnormal state. And then you start to see, oh, so what is it I'm doing unconsciously, innocently, unintentionally that's causing me to get to stay stuck in that lower state? Because, like I said, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it's that it happens less often when we understand the nature of our thinking. But also, like you're saying, once we do get caught up, which we invariably do, because we understand, ah, I'm getting caught up because of my thinking and how I'm relating to this we 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 don't do things to make it worse and we look after ourselves you know and and we can be kind to ourselves and accepting of that and then have the faith that if we do that 
that's what creates the conditions when we then go back to normal so normal is up there <laughs> yeah the is down here and i think unconsciously i think i come across a lot of people that almost have that reversed without realizing they have it reversed mm. and then you can and then in a way Gareth, the real risk is people can sometimes then get into a, a, a position of almost having to escape life it feels like oh it's my job and it's my you know and 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 uh, uh, and not realizing, you know, no, it's it it's the it's the way you think about that. It's the way you relate to that. That's the problem. Yes, it's not the circumstances. And you know, quite often I'm working with people that, you know, have, have been outwardly very successful in very demanding jobs, and sometimes when they're low, can get to point of oh, maybe this just isn't right for me. You know. I think I've just, you know, I'm just doing the wrong, and it's like uh, that might be true, right? But don't make that decision from a low state. Let's get you back to what is your normal state, and from there you can make a, a better decision about what you might want to do in the form of your life. And that might be not to do what you're doing. That might be fine, but you're you're much more likely to make a, a more informed choice when you're in a clearer state of mind. And my experience of that, of working with lots of people over the years is most of the people carry on actually with what they're doing, even if it's just for a period of time before they then transition to something else. Um, because they start to realize, oh, it's not the job. It's not the yeah, job, yeah. it's me, yeah. And then if they start to relate to it differently, they find a way of doing it from a better place, their performance is good, their mental health is good. And then from there they go, oh, you know, I, I think I want to challenge myself in a different in a different role or at a more senior level or whatever it might be. And it's like, great. Yeah, and then go go forward from there. I think you make a really interesting point, if I can just sort of rewind it back for, for uh, uh, what you said a minute ago, was getting getting back to that normal state. So one one of the things I think we keep reiterating is our first step is to notice, notice our thinking, notice our state, a state of mind. So when we're in moments, and I think I had something like this on Wednesday, I think I was, you know, I was tired and grumpy. Well, I was tired and therefore grumpy, I think, because, because of it. But I was, I was conscious of it. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I was also, conscious of that conscious of my thinking and also conscious of uh do you know what don't go there wherever where whatever's happening around you just stay away stay away and actually i did that for probably 95 percent of the time and then something happened and i did snap at, <laughs> at, some, at something and i was like oh damn it you know I, I i you know i stayed away i stayed away from all this other stuff that i could have really you know been you know i don't know been bad negative whatever about and I was I was slightly annoyed not so I was annoyed at myself that what you know I could I couldn't hold my I couldn't do the hundred percent I had to <laughs> something happened and I was like for goodness sake you know you know I was like damn it but I, I you know and well, I will come back to the original original point for a minute but now I started on this example I'll keep going I, I, I was 
you know, I was annoyed about that it did bit a bite, but equally, actually, I should be really sort of, you know, positive about that. Well, I tell you what, without it, you would have been in a world of trouble because you'd have gone into a bunch of places that you shouldn't have gone and well done for, for not going there. So so we say our first point of call is to notice. In my my example from this week, I noticed I, I you know, I, I let stuff go. I walked, I walked, walked away. But beyond the noticing, but beyond the not putting energy into something, what 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 would you say to someone about? Okay, what is that pathway back to? I think you said the normal state of mind. You know how how do we go from one to two to to that? And I think that's the challenge. Actually, is that because because this is a reductive understanding. So by that, I mean that when when we're caught up, when we find ourselves in that, that lower place, the, the challenge with this understanding, I think, is it's very different to other things, which is then, well, what do I need to do? This is saying, no, no, it's an undoing. It's the fact that sometimes when we're really stuck, we're... We're so caught up in our thinking and trying to think our way out of it, that becomes the problem. Mm. And so this is a sort of a, a letting go of that. And that I think is where that sort of macro understanding then becomes so important because that's the the trust or the faith that that it that it will shift. And the fact that once once our thinking becomes much more present which creates a, a shift in our state of mind, naturally a shift in our state of mind that, that um, goes back to a healthier place. It's from that place that we start to get more insight about, all oh, right, what was really going on in this situation? What was it that perhaps was causing me to, to, to be stuck or to get frustrated about this situation? So it's a in a way, I think that's where it's quite hard because it's saying, well, look, there's, there's just a natural system here that will naturally clear itself. Our problem is when we when we get in its way, actually. And so it's about how do you just sort of get out of its way, in a sense, and let it and sort of let it do its work. I yeah. think then you can do. I think then there is there is other work that you can do. So I think some. What we're talking about here is, yeah, this broader understanding and then how we sort of navigate in the moment. I do think that that sometimes then if we want to, I don't think everyone needs to do this, but you can then do deeper work, I think, to sort of understand more about well, what are some of the patterns of life? You know, are there certain things that I'm noticing situations that, that seem to trigger things in me that maybe are telling me something about, you know, our example of the book of law, you know, that that sort of the Toltec sense of you have this book of law of beliefs, judgments, expectations that are sort of given to you through life. And you just have this um, book that just um, operates unconsciously in the background. And then I think sometimes day to day examples of things sort of trigger that 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 book in a sense, they trigger those beliefs and judgments and expectations about things. And you think, yeah, why is it that I always get 
I always get caught in situations where I perceive someone criticizing me. So yeah. I, why do I always take that so personally? You know, when someone else is clearly caught up in their own thinking and I can see they're in a bad state of mind. And yet when they're responding and dealing with me, I, I, I take that quite, I take that quite personally. And then that's when you can notice, yeah, that's a, that's a real pattern for me. And, you know, there are various things probably beyond what we're talking about today, but you can start to sort of explore and understand, you know, understand that. And you start, you know, and there's different approaches to that where you can start to get more curious about the emotion. Um, no, so for me, for example, I would sometimes, the emotion, the feeling triggers in the moment and you can use it to back away from your thinking. There is another approach, which is that you wouldn't necessarily do right in that moment. You can do it in the moment, but sometimes what I would do is at the later on, at the end of the day, or maybe the following morning, I just go back to that situation and think, and, and just go back and really relive it, step back into it as if I was in that, you know, if it's a meeting in that situation, step into the feelings and really feel the feelings, really go back there like I was there, what were the feelings, what was the thinking, and just really relive it and almost try and expand it a bit. So almost exaggerate it a little bit. And if it becomes a bit overwhelming, if it's something that's really upsetting, you can almost just, in your mind, you can push those feelings out in front of you. And then you can just stay with it and just allow that and just notice what comes what thoughts come, any perceptions, memories from the past. And you can just notice what comes to mind. And when I've done that, sometimes I might have stuff from the past, you know, something might, like I've had that where a childhood memories come to life about something. And it's like, oh, wow, gosh, I haven't thought about that for a while. And it just, it just brings into your, it brings in, where it's worked for me it's brought into my awareness oh that's that's what it's that's what it's pattern matching to it's pattern matching to that thing that happened in the past and just that awareness of where it's where it's sort of come from and then in that situation what you can then do is say well can I just let that go can I let that emotion go and and and, and will I let it go and then what I've realized from that, Gareth, is that even that emotion that can feel really quite intense, as you just you're with it and you accept it, it just it just takes the heat out of it. And it's a really good lesson because it really shows you that it it never stays. Mm. So it always passes. So actually it's a really useful exercise sometimes because then it just it just fades away so I think you can you can relate to our feelings in two different ways one as a, a, a an example of right step away from your thinking and then another way which is the exact opposite actually and it ne one's neither right or wrong they're just different ways yeah like I've said I find that the stepping into it is really difficult in the moment because you're so caught up you yeah yeah it. but doing it later 
is really interesting as an exercise just to have more insight about sometimes what's triggering things for us so that's just one example i mean lots yeah of so that's one so, so so i guess what these are my words not yours you're saying you know go go back there in order to understand what you can do differently next time around is that or you, so you go you go in there to understand yeah so not so much to i mean you can you could i i don't do it in that way but i, I think that that's possibly equally as valid actually you could go back and think okay how can i but I'm not doing it from that perspective. I'm doing it more from to understand and understand what, what it is that might trigger it. Because I think if you think of it in life, because we all of our experiences in life are so valuable in many respects, because that's how we learn. And it's how we can do so many things on automatic pilots. So, you know, we get up in the morning, we know how to get up. We know how to brush our teeth. We know how to get in the shower. We know how to change. We know how to unlock our front door, get in the car and drive somewhere. You know, if you think of it, there's so much of our thinking that's completely automatic that we don't even, we're not even aware of because it it just pattern matches from the past. That's the value of having, you know, um, a memory in a sense. So we yeah. don't have to live fresh each moment. But unfortunately, that wonderful gift <laughs> can also be used against us, which is sometimes if we've had uh, difficult situations or we've picked up ideas of fixed thinking about the way things should be, then that that memory, those memories, we can unintentionally use against ourselves. Because we think, well, it should be like this. People should be like that. Life should work in this way. So we use that history. Because if you think of it, every time we say should and shouldn't, it must be related to something from our past in the way that we think something should be. And of course, when people are really traumatized, that pattern match is very intense. Yeah. And so that that so it it at times it's helpful if you understand the nature of thought not to get caught up in that so that is that's the map for me that's like the macro that's really helpful but also i do think sometimes it's really helpful to also explore what those patterns are and to be able to bring them into awareness so i'm using that example of the feelings and the thoughts and the memories as a way of if I understand why that pattern match happens and can understand where it comes from then in a way a bit like understanding gravity I don't need to do anything to change them because I sort of understand where they come from so when they come up it's more like ah, oh, I know where that one comes from yeah and you know, like for me, for example, I had when I was a child, when I was about 12 years old, you have to used to read, have to read in front of the class. Yeah. And um, I used to I used to try and be I used to work out when it was going to come to me because it used to sort of move around the classroom. <laughs> and I used to make myself ill because I, I was so self I was so self-conscious. And um Anyway, but I still get caught. 
because he'd sometimes jump around. And I remember once I and I was new to the school, new to that class. I'd only um, I, I changed schools when I was 12. So the sort of second year of secondary school, which is not a nice time to change, really. But I remember reading something. And I said Celtic. And it was Celtic because that was the context for it. And there was a little murmur of laughter across the classroom, you know, when I said Celtic and it was Celtic and the teacher said, surely, Steve, you mean Celtic? And, you know, so, yeah, really, you know, really embarrassed. And so, to be honest, there's some, when I've sometimes looked at situations where I feel vulnerable or exposed or uh, that I've said the wrong thing, that was the, that was the memory that, that sort of came up and the and the shame and the embarrassment that that created so that that for me was has been a really interesting sort of insight and you know we talk about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone so you know it's like it's like what do I do for a living well okay I do a lot of coaching but I also run leadership program where I'm stood up in front of people yeah yeah often that senior people, very successful people, um, uh, people that are way more intelligent. I do a lot of work with people that are way more intelligent than me. And it's like, go figure. Why has life pushed me into this situation that almost feels to me like it's forced me to step into that fear and understand understand that? So I think it goes back to what you said earlier about that's that's when you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what, for me, it feels like that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to learn. Mm. So, so stepping in to you know go go there, go and understand it. You typically go there. If again, if I'm translating in the right way, when you don't quite understand why you're having that, you know, reaction, or actually to some extent, you do it in order to move on. Yeah, I think it feels to me more of a curiosity, really. It's that yeah, okay. sometimes I think we want to know why, you know, that it's always a bit of a trap, Gareth, I think, because people ask people, why, I, so I want to know why, and it's like, no, no, don't go there. Don't, uh, it, because it takes you analytically, yeah, well, what, why did I react? And so it, that takes you into your intellectual mind and there's no answer in that it's just you you could think about why until the cows come home well what this does it more it steps into the experience you're stepping in to the feelings and in a way you're not trying to say why you're just saying oh let, let me just see what what comes up what occurs as a result of as a result of that because in a way what this understanding is saying well the reason the, the why is that is thought. That's it. Mm. So in a way, that's what Sid was pointing to is saying, um, you know, why what, why do I react in that way? And he was saying, it's thought. And you go, yeah, but what's the, th-? and it's like, he was saying, well, no, you don't need to do that. So this is a little bit of a, a slightly step, a little bit into that, but not in a analytical way but more in a an awareness curiosity um i would say so i you have an understanding of how that how that can sometimes get triggered and so that that understanding 
you could say is a bit of a why, but it's not an intellectual why, it's much more of an experiential why. So it feels quite different to when people try and analyze, because then it stays in the head. This is much more from the heart in a way, it's much more in the, in the stepping into it and the realization. I would say in a way it's much more in the intuitive mind. It's it just it's very difficult to explain. It just has a different, yeah, very yeah. different feeling to just sitting down and going, right. So why did I react in that way? Well, I think it was because he said that, and that was I thought was up that was root. It sort of takes you much more into the circum the circumstances, and you can feel a bit more of a victim of it, and and so on. This is saying no, no, don't don't go in there. Go just come back to yourself yeah yeah um <laughs> this might not work D- dust it don't dig it you know let, mm. let's just you know interestingly wipe away just to see exactly why it might why you know what's there what's causing it have a lightness to it but you know don't don't keep going don't go deep don't you know because that's that's the wasted energy so i think it's i think you know ha- have that have that lightness perhaps is the yeah. encouragement yeah that. absolutely. that's a nice way of describing it actually okay so steve so we've covered it covered a lot so we'll we'll look to wrap it up here um uh, perhaps share one one key key thought or key key thing that as you sort of reflect back on what we talked about what what would sort of yeah what would be the what would be what i don't know and a key point that you'd want to reiterate again in the context of losing our way from an everyday being perspective well i think what just what occurs to me from that question is that really the only thing you control we control is our engagement with the situation so in a, in effect everything I think we've talked about today has been if the more we can see the truth of that, that we don't control circumstances, we don't control the future, we can't change the past. So really the only thing we really control is who we're being in this moment. And that's just about the way we show up, how we, how we engage in, in our moment to moment experience. And I think everything for me, everything we've talked about is is helping us just come is just come back to that because that's the only place we're ever having an experience anyway, and it's the only place that we can affect anything in uh, and, and live life. So, in a sense, it's really simple, but you know, it's it's challenging because uh, as yeah. said, life's a contact sport. So we're we are constantly being pulled out of that, but the more we see the the real truth of that, that's the only thing we control. It's for me, it's quite humbling, and then it's freeing in a funny way. It's really freeing because if you're if we feel we're responsible for lots of things beyond that, that's a heavy burden to carry, actually. And so realizing the only thing I control is my engagement, then it's like, well, that, there's some freedom in that actually freeze yeah. it up it takes all the pressure off i always think it's a bit like you know say with dogs you know that part of the challenge with the dog is if you can really help them see and understand that they're at, they're at the bottom of the pack that they that they live anxiety free and it's dogs that think 
they're the leader of the pack and they've got some responsibility and you know that they're in charge and uh, uh, that then they get stressed because when you go out and they're not with you they get stressed by that uh, i sort of think that's a good lesson of if you can help dog come back to the moment like you know i've got a um labrador you can really see you know she just lies down you can step over her you can step to her and she you can get her between your legs and she doesn't feel any anxiety you know so you can you can really see that there's an opportunity for us to live a more stress-free, anxiousless life if we just go, okay, I'm life is in charge of so many things that happen. Everyone else has their own business to look after. My business is as simple as uh, how I am being in this moment. And that is it. And it's freeing. That took you? an unexpected turn. Uh, unexpected <laughs> yeah. turn in the middle. Of I just came to mind. I hadn't planned that. Yeah. I just came to mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, more, yeah. more on dog training from every day. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely. Actually, my I, my dog is very good, but I'm not going to take. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I know a little bit. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? That... Is there anything in particular from your? I'm just going to reiterate that that point. So when when we are lost, the 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 best place that we can go is is to return to our being and our sense of being and where we are coming from and and and, and how that guides us going going forward. You use that as a as almost like a magnet. Use that as a home place to be. Use that as something that that you know. Is a siren that calls to you in the in the dark. That, that that is where to come from, and then by coming from that, trust in that this too shall pass, which we've said on on occasions before. So, uh, Steve, thank you for today. Hopefully, that is a really useful episode. As ever, get in touch with us if you've got some thoughts or ideas to share. Uh, hello at everydaybeing.co.uk or on Instagram, everyday.being. Um, we will be back soon with more thoughts and more things just to continue to inspire and guide us back to the happiness within. Take care. Great. Thanks, everyone.